0: This podcast contains adult content including cannabis. You're listening to Bella's Who Blaze. Everyday discussions elevating cannabis lifestyles from a female perspective. This episode, I am honored to have Dr. Dina as the very first guest on Bella Zublaze. You're known as the real Nancy Botwin, for those of you who know Weeds, the TV show. You've worked with veterans to help them access cannabis. You're also a co owner of Dispensary Alternative Health Herbal Services in West Hollywood, one of the longest running dispensaries in California, as well as a co owner and VP of operations at PS Ventures, the sixth largest cannabis license holder in California, also operating dispensaries, cultivation, manufacturing, distribution, so basically the whole nines when it comes to cannabis. And I know that there's a consumption lounge coming soon, a true pioneer in the industry. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me today, Dr. Dina. Thank you so much
1: for having me. Uh, You know, it's been an interesting ride all these years, and I don't like to take credit for everything. I like to think of all of us as a community as this giant wheel, and we're all just spokes on that wheel, and we make it turn together. So it's been wonderful.
0: Well, thank you so much. Kicking right off, you are famously known as Snoop Dogg's plug. So what (laughs) does the dog father like to puff on? Well, you know, I actually
1: met Snoop Dogg when I was 15 years old, ironically. And uh, he forced me to smoke cannabis for the first time. I did not want to. Um, and I always tease him, look at the monster he's created now, uh, because <laughs> of that moment. Um, but for me, it was really, uh, about helping people and, and getting, uh, the doctor's office open, uh, in the ground floor. And that's how I kind of got my nicknames, Dr. Dina, cause I'm not a real doctor. I'm not board certified, but I am board certified by Snoop Dogg. And that's what matters. important. <laughs>
0: And so how many other well-known faces do you really serve in the industry? And what do they generally ask for when they come to you?
1: You know, it's funny. I've been open. Our store just celebrated its 20-year anniversary of being open. Congratulations! Thank you. And that's our West Hollywood store, which is Oz West Hollywood. We call it Oz WeHo. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had everybody who you could imagine coming through those doors, whether they were filming there shooting music videos, Can wanting to interview there. Uh, sure. There's a music video by the rapper fabulous. Uh, mm-hmm. and it, it's the song we get high. Uh, there's Very another, fitting. yes. Uh, we shot that in the grow room in the back too. And then there was Trinidad James. He shot a video called, uh, Palm trees, uh, which is a great video. We did a little, I have a little cameo in that. Um, yeah, we, we, We're like the go-to place people run into each other at our store, which is like big time connections have happened. Collaborations between artists have happened because they met each other in the shop.
0: That's incredible. And I know Snoop has been a big network who's been spreading your name and your word out there. You know, it's pretty funny.
1: He is so outspokenly, you know, who he is. Uh, Unapologetic stoner, as I like to say. He will light up anywhere and everywhere. <laughs> and what happens when he does that is everyone around him goes, oh, man, you know, they're, they're scared. You're going to go to jail. And he'll go, no, no, no. You hear call Dr. Dina and he'll point to his assistant, give, you know, give Dina's number. Uh, and that's sort of how I met a lot of these big celebrities were not all of them. But I, I have an interesting relationship with them because I met them through Snoop.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Snoop said, you know, this is my little sis. She's going to take care of you, you know? And then of course you have to take care of the people he asks you to take care of.
0: That's and before amazing. you know it, it's all love. Yeah. And so before Snoop kind of basically peer pressured you to try cannabis, <laughs> or I guess after this, how has your relationship with cannabis itself changed for you personally? Oh, it's, it's such a magical plant.
1: I, I used to laugh at the news articles that would come out uh, where people were saying they, they have this, you know, oh, it helps for ADD. Oh, it helps me with my anxiety. I would just go, yeah, right. You just want to get high. I mean, <laughs> come on. I was one of those people. And it wasn't until I was, you know, in college, I realized, wow, um, my, I used to get stomach aches all the time, ever since I was a little kid, really terrible stomach aches. Mm-hmm. And I still get them if I don't use cannabis. But when I use cannabis, I don't get them. And so I, I just, it's a medicine. I realized that early on. Uh, So that was, that was really powerful. The the most important thing for everyone listening is when we talk about cannabis, we don't use the words recreational marijuana. To me, that is such a bad word. Mm -hmm. And I envision a child going down a slide at a park. With a margarita in one hand, a joint and maybe some heroin going in her arm in the other. It doesn't go together. That is not recreational use. It's adult use. And Absolutely. the more that we use those words, the easier it is to convince politicians and people to vote on policy uh, that's responsible and not making it look like it's a free-for-all that everyone just wants to be living in uh, um, what is it pleasure island if you ever saw the movie pinocchio Mm -hmm. when the boys were very naughty and they went they all turned into donkeys and they were running around (laughs) partying getting high pleasure island that's what they see in their mind it's going to turn everyone into donkeys we're all Mm -hmm. jackasses running around and that's not the case and you're going to see healing instead.
0: exactly and so what's your chosen method to consume cannabis I actually,
1: it's, you know, it's interesting. I used to always smoke flowers. Mm-hmm. I love flowers. And then as I got older, my asthma got a little worse. And I noticed that at the end of the night, I was wheezing more. I was, I actually smoked a joint yesterday and I felt it immediately. It just, mm-hmm. I felt very heavy. Um, and for me, vaporizing concentrates is my favorite way. In fact, I have right so here. So tasty. Um, just as I'm holding mm. my dab rig. So this is a Puffco, and this is actually on a, a little base. It's a charging base, so it's always charged. But I don't know if you've used these before. They're wireless. They're fantastic. Uh, I always like to say for beginners, you know, it's an easy way to try dabbing without being, you know, the torch. The blowtorch. And and the, that scares yeah, people a little bit.
0: Yeah, for sure. Do you have a favorite cultivar you like to smoke in terms of... So- Yes, of course. I love OG Kush.
1: To me, that's my medicine. Mm -hmm.
0: That's what takes
1: away my stomach aches. That's what is like my medicine. I have to always keep a little bit, you know, saved away that no one's allowed to touch. (laughs) Um, That's for emergencies. Mm -hmm. But then- like there's construction in my building. All of a sudden, that was very strange. Um, I'm hearing weird noises. You <laughs> know, but there's there's all sorts of. I had to try this joint yesterday. It was a rose petal joint. Oh, I don't know if you've seen the rose petal joints. hmm mm-hmm. It was very very nice, but what it classy. was very heavy on my chest. Yes,
0: so. it would be. And I know you mentioned just before how you had this idea of. You know what cannabis was, and that you kind of doubted people that said it works for them medicinally. And you've been in this industry for so long. What kind of stigmas do you still face as a person in the cannabis industry, but also a woman in the cannabis industry? You know, it's very interesting you said that. There, are you on Clubhouse? Have yes, you checked out the app. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: and I, have, I love listening I've to been you. Get, thank you. I love going on there, and I think it's so wonderful that. Um, we're able to communicate and share this knowledge with one another. And I feel like in the cannabis community, I'm very welcomed and people always put me up on stage and they'll listen to me and respect what I have to say. But if I go into another room and I have my profile picture with, you know, a giant pipe or smoke (laughs) coming out like a dragon, I'm much more likely to not be taken as serious in some other rooms. So I've tended to learn to adjust my profile photo to something very conservative. Oh. And then I hit them with the left hook when they're not looking once they bring me up. And I, you know, every room that I go into that's not as a non-cannabis room turns into a cannabis room. As soon as I introduce myself, because everyone has questions to ask me and it's yeah. just, it's kind of funny, but I feel like that same stigma that I deal with in clubhouse, it's everywhere. You know, you have the people that, Oh, they think you're making millions of dollars. That's a huge stigma. Mm -hmm. And they, they'll be nice to you. Now they weren't nice to you three years, five years ago, but now they think you're making money. Oh, you're cool. No, one's making money. Like they, you know, like they think we are, the state is making money Mm -hmm. uh, if anything. um, And probably soon the federal government, once they step in, um, but yeah, I mean, we, I can't open a normal bank account, Gaia. I mean, I can't, Yeah. Th- there's a lot of things I can't do that a normal business, you should be able to do no problem, including writing off the cost of my goods.
0: Yeah.
1: So Those are huge it very barriers.
0: Mm. Very big oh, yeah. barriers for sure. And I know that you're not a drinker. I've heard on Clubhouse. Nope. So I, I got my tea. green tea. Always got my green tea. Awesome. Not being a drinker, is there a reason you don't drink? And in your opinion, do you think it's safer than alcohol and any reasons why you don't Uh, drink? I mean, well, I don't think it's a reason why I don't drink. I think I'm allergic
1: to alcohol. It's just the way that it makes me feel, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It just, it's not, it does not work well. It's not a flattering thing for me. If I'm going to drink, I'm going to drink somewhere where I don't know anybody, (laughs) (laughs) like maybe one friend and there's no phones allowed because it's going to get ugly. Yeah. Um, Just not, it's, I don't, I'm in full control when I use cannabis, when I use alcohol, I'm out of control. I have no control of what's going on, even though I like to think I do. Um, and so I think you could smoke a joint and record yourself having a conversation and then record yourself again after a couple of drinks and tell me how you feel about yourself. Do you want that to be what the image you're projecting in society? Sure. It's fun to like, you know, have a couple of drinks with some friends every once in a while, but I don't think I've ta- I've had a drink of alcohol in probably five and a half, six years. And before that was seven years. And before that was, you know, I just. I don't like it very bad. Uh, yeah. This is this cannabis makes me feel good. How you feel after you go for a really great jog. Mm-hmm. That same the endorphins running through you. It's the same endorphins I get when I when I take a dab. I agree. So, I why would you not want to feel that way? That's exactly. great.
0: Exactly. And so to those people, what would you say is the biggest misconception about cannabis that you hear often? You know, I don't listen to those people anymore. I stopped
1: listening to the misconceptions, you know, because I know they're wrong and sure Mm -hmm. I'm here and happy to debunk them for you. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it takes someone to try it and try a reputable product. Mm -hmm. And now that with the licensing and regulation, any product that I sell in my store has gone through a rigorous, you know, testing process, quality controlled has arrived in my store. It's batch numbered. You could see where it was produced. And these are, these are, uh, products that like for an edible, for example, each piece is not going to be more than whatever milligram it says on that package. You know, it could be no more than 10 for
0: Canada, per piece, for Canada, but yeah. some are
1: two, sometimes yeah. they do a two milligram, you know, mm-hmm. and interestingly enough, I can consume a full gram of concentrates in probably 10 minutes in front of you. And yeah, I'll get a little stone, but I I'm ultimately the same person I am now. Mm -hmm. Nothing's changed, but I can take five milligrams of an edible and I will be asleep in 15 minutes.
0: Wow. It affects me
1: so differently when I eat it.
0: Yeah. So
1: people need to learn that too. And the fact that it changes
0: chemically in your body too, as soon as it mm -hmm. goes through the liver and it gets broken down, it, it affects you totally differently. Absolutely. And I don't like that one as much
1: Mm, because I I like to be really in control and coherent. So I don't like that feeling of, of being out of control.
0: I agree. I think that's such a important part about legalization is that it allows for tested products with batch numbers, you know, and for the consumer to know exactly what they're getting, how many milligrams, what terpenes are in them. And that's kind of what New Zealand missed out on with this opportunity to legalize cannabis. It's not too late. Exactly. And U.S. is heading that way as well. But do you have any advice or tips for New Zealand as we try and retry to legalize cannabis? I think that you need to
1: really uh, band together as a community and maybe that takes some uh, putting some events together Mm -hmm. to try to raise awareness for what's going on. I think using children to show the positive effects of cannabis is really important. Um, In the U.S., we were not getting as much movement until Sanjay Gupta on CNN came out and showed little Charlotte Fiji, who who recently passed away, mm-hmm. uh, showing her how her seizure disorder was, you know, just awful. And she used cannabis and it helped her. All of a sudden, all these people who have kids are like, oh, gung ho cannabis. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think people have to be really careful to confuse CBD yeah. with what I'm talking about, with cannabis. And yeah, sure, it is a cannabis byproduct, but the cannabis plant has hundreds, if not thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of compounds that we have yet to learn about. Mm -hmm. And THC and CBD are just two out of those many. Um, And a lot of people are jumping into the CBD bandwagon. And I truly believe in full plant extract, whole plant, I think that you need THC to activate the CBD to really get the, the best bang for your buck.
0: Yeah. And naturally the plant comes with everything within it. And what we've done as humans is tried to separate everything. <laughs> right.
1: And, well, there's a huge market in the U S for CBD products. You can go into a gas yeah. station and you can buy them. I'm sure you can buy them in New Zealand as well.
0: No. Um, it's still, you still have to be licensed or prescribed CBD as well. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Exactly. Versus I was going through LAX and there's CBD in the, you know, in the counters there. So very different climate here. And so with legalization- That's fascinating, Kaya. Isn't it?
1: They sell CBD in the airport. That's like a setup because Mm -hmm. if you landed in the wrong place- You would be done.
0: Yeah. If you got caught with it, it wouldn't
1: be very good for you. They might as well just let me open up a cannabis lounge in the airport. That would be
0: amazing. Wouldn't that be amazing? That's like- (laughs) Smoke a joint before your trip. Exactly. The pre-flight relaxation you need. (laughs) That's how you get me to the airport early and on time. Consumption lounge.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. So tell me about
0: your consumption lounge that you're working on. So we actually, we had applied for a license.
1: We received it out in the desert near Palm Springs. We have another dispensary. It's called the OG Collective. And we have cultivation and distribution and manufacturing also out in Palm Springs area. Um, And so we received this license And the big issue in California and within the city was, will they allow us to serve food on site? Mm -hmm. And so we want to build this beautiful kitchen and be able to serve food. But they kind of said, no, Um, it's it's just the health department. There's too many departments getting involved. And that's the one thing maybe you guys should focus on when you have a, a Bureau of Cannabis Control Mm-hmm. It should just be one entity in charge of everything instead of having the agriculture in, in charge of cultivation or food and, you know, the food industry in charge of the the edibles. That's just a nightmare waiting to happen. Mm-hmm. You have to have it all under one umbrella. So in in California, technically, people would be able to order in. If I open this lounge, they could order in a salad, let's say, or French mm-hmm. fries and I could sell them medicated salad dressing and medicated ketchup that they can put on there. And it gets very, it's just about loopholes, figuring out, like, are we allowed to make the food? Can we add it on the food? Do we have, is it a side? Mm-hmm. Is it, you know, and so it's just working out the details. That is so exciting though. But it's been years and we're holding on to a license in a building waiting for, you know, the laws to change that we can go ahead and open, it becomes very expensive.
0: Mm-hmm. And with that legalization really on the horizon for the U.S., what is your hope and dream for the future of cannabis?
1: Uh, well, I really wish that it would be
0: descheduled in the U.S. so it wouldn't be considered
1: such a harmful drug. I would like to see that treatment to the plant throughout the world. I believe that this is a, a generation of people that, of young people that could really do well. Right now it's hard to go out as a young person and buy a home. It's almost impossible, Mm -hmm. right? And it's like, what kind of industry are we gonna get into that we could make enough money to do that one day? And I believe that cannabis is a really great industry that can bring in a lot of jobs and make people really happy, improve people's lives, whether you're working for the company or you're using the product. Mm -hmm. And even if you're not, the money that's being made by by that transaction should be helping the community and everyone should win all around.
0: I agree, I agree. And to just normalize the use of it, whether you're a mother or a child with seizures or a recovering cancer patient through to just someone with back pain or anxiety. Or, you're, or
1: even, I mean, we have obviously the, the veterans yes.
0: who are taking too many pills. A lot of
1: people are addicted to drugs mm-hmm. and the options right now, to go to like a methadone clinic or something, or, you know, it it's very small and people aren't talking about the fact that cannabis could be the, uh, you know, stepping down the ladder, going, taking it back. People used to say, you know, Oh, it's a, a what's the word I'm looking for. I, I block it out of my mind because I reject the theory of it's a gateway drug, you right. know, and I believe that cannabis is a gateway drug in the sense that it's a gateway to get people off of drugs.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And can you tell me a bit more about this work you do with veterans and providing them access to cannabis? And how, is, how do you see that benefiting them with the work you're doing?
1: Well, in California, with the licensing and everything, product is very expensive.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so we work with a couple different organizations like Weed for Warriors who uh, we put together this compassion program. So if you are a veteran, you certain times of the month you come by to the shop, and we will make sure you uh, are very well taken care of and leave with a very nice package to help you. Uh, because they can't discuss this with the VA hospital, so we have to be very careful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other side, you know, we we try to help prisoners. I founded Freedom Grow. Um, I'm no longer with them, but I'm, I work on the board of Mission Green and Can Do Clemency. Mm -hmm. And those are two really important uh, organizations fighting for the rights of people who are currently incarcerated for cannabis use. And I'm sure you have them in New Zealand as well. And people are serving life, you know, in prison for touching a plant Mm -hmm. and we're paying to keep them in jail. Yet I have a license to do this. How dare they put this person in jail uh, for something that they allow today? So we've been working really hard to a get these people out of jail, b send money to them to them and put it on their books for their commissary so that they can purchase uh, important items to survive on, whether it's food or Tylenol or phone cards or stamps to write to their family, mm-hmm. um, and then third, you know, getting lawyers together. And fighting for them and keeping them from going back. I mean, it's scary.
0: Yeah, that's definitely a barrier that we've all seen in the Canadian market as well. It's fully legal there, but expungements just aren't happening. So They're people not happening. with yeah, people with non-violent cannabis criminal charges aren't even able to work in the cannabis industry, even as a bug tender, which is just so bizarre. And here in New Zealand, the law really disproportionately affects our Indigenous and Pacific Island community. And, you know, a lot of them are serving time and fines and, you know, paying so much money when they're caught with these things. Yet we've got a few licensed medical companies actually growing and exporting this product, despite the fact that it's still completely illegal. So things really do need to change. We've been working on uh, in California
1: and pretty much almost every state is putting together a social equity program. So those have been impacted. Uh, those have that who have been impacted on the by the war on drugs have served time for cannabis have a better chance at receiving a license uh, to grow or sell or whatever it is that they want.
0: Exactly. Even just you know bringing people who have been in the gray market or the legacy market for so long, keeping this plant alive and really doing the advocacy work for legalization to happen to be included in the legal industry, I think is so important and to not exclude them from that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so what would, you, what would your biggest tip be for someone who is curious to try cannabis or just looking to dip their feet into it?
1: I would say, do your research. There are amazing articles, books written. I would say, start slow. We're not in a race here. You know, Mm -hmm. people tend to want to eat the whole edible or the whole brownie or drink the whole drink or you don't need to do that. Start very slow, sometimes just a puff off a vape pen and wait 20 minutes and see how you feel. Mm -hmm. And that's how I like to break people in really uh, in the beginning is vape pens, uh, really low dose edibles. Um, And of course, like I don't, dabbing gets people pretty stoned. uh, But if you do it at a really low temperature, It's actually a very pleasurable experience for them.
0: Absolutely, and I feel like it's a lot less harsh on your lungs. Like you were saying, you're only smoking the true, you know, concentrates. Right. You know, plant matter. Exactly. Yeah. Which can be. And also, when you dab,
1: don't hold it in. When you dab, blow it right out. You don't need to hold it in. (laughs) That's a old wives' tale.
0: Yeah, I, I absolutely agree, and have you felt, have you ever felt lonely in the cannabis industry as a woman, or do you have a good group of, you know, oh. friends who like to consume cannabis? What's that like? For I you? think lonely, I definitely felt, I felt
1: lonely for a long time just because, uh, the community where I grew up from in was not accepting necessarily what I did in the beginning. Now they are all accepting and it's the cool thing and Yet I still can't, maybe that's my issue is that like deep down inside, I won't forget that that's how they were when I needed them to be more accepting. Mm -hmm. Um, But I am happy that they are now. There is a great community of people out there that I can hang out with and consume with. And those are the people that I, you know, made a family with, with my business and I adore them. And so I wouldn't say lonely like that, but there are a lot of really powerful women in this space that I was able to look up to, to have as a mentor. Mm -hmm. And so I I think I missed out on that a little bit. So I try to uh, give back and mentor other women.
0: That's amazing. And you are such a inspiration to someone like me as well. I visited your West Hollywood dispensary when I was in LA and everyone there was just so welcoming. And to me, it was like a glimpse into the future coming from an illegal country and a very small country at that. And just seeing what, it can look like and the potential of where cannabis can be in a wellness wellness space absolutely so, i'm
1: happy you had a nice experience i'm very uh, happy that everyone was on their best behavior yes
0: <laughs> exactly i actually got a dr dina i think it was the 420 magazine and they gave it to me and they said if she was here she would have signed it for you but sorry she's not oh. <laughs> so, yeah that was really sweet of them so That's awesome! It's the end of the world. You're elevated, and you can choose any snack to take with you. What is it?
1: Nuts and green tea. I like. That. I love nuts. Like like just like any a nice mix nut? of nuts. Okay. Hmm. Like I would have to go with macadamia nuts, some almonds, some walnuts. Kind of mix them up a little. You mm-hmm. know, roasted, happy. salted, and maybe natural. a couple. A little bit of everything, even Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit of chocolate, throw them in there. We have a nut drawer in our refrigerator. It's like a slide out (laughs) drawer for like cheeses. We've turned it into just like sections of nuts. Yes. Coconut cashews, all sorts of delicious nuts. Mm. We're like squirrels over here. Do you have an ultimate sesh spot? The ultimate sesh spot for me is going to, my husband actually taught me this. Whenever we travel, we find the highest point of the of wherever we are whether it's a mountain or a building and we go up to the top and that's our such spot and that it never uh never fails it's amazing I want to say in Spain we went up uh there was just some epic moments of different trips of just always finding the highest peak and, and going up there in Hawaii as well just yeah, hiking up to the top views. of a mountain yeah
0: absolutely sounds like our nature wrong. too oh yeah you have to be in nature and you're gonna hit some OG Kush after this, I'm assuming? Oh yeah, well, you know what? I actually have some peach soda today, oh. which is a sativa
1: dominant hybrid. And it's that. something that we actually made. Ooh. It's just some
0: is it interesting just...
1: little sauce.
0: Oh, I It's love di- a sauce. diamond
1: sauce, yeah, mm, it's yummy. Yum.
0: That sounds it's so yummy. delicious. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time and all your insights that you've shared with us. I honestly can't thank you enough. Um, When COVID allows, I would love to come back and visit your dispensary in LA, potentially go to Palm Springs and check out this consumption lounge and really hope that you come down and see us in New Zealand as well. Oh, are you kidding?
1: I cannot wait. I mean, I, I have friends that are Kiwis, so I cannot wait to come out and visit
0: absolutely make sure you follow dr dina on instagram you can find her at dr dina 420 and i hope to see you again sometime soon
1: absolutely we'll see you on clubhouse
0: thanks for listening to bellas who plays